Well, hello everyone and welcome back to the bed shaking, toe curling, audio orgasm known as the Hostile Environment Podcast. This is show number 49, which means sometime on an undetermined day of the week, in the coming days, whatever you want to call it, you will get the historic number 50 episode of the pod and with that comes the introduction to Derek some of you know Derek personally uh, others obviously don't um, uh, others only know of him from the show stories that they hear from me over the last 49 episodes so today I'm going to take a deep dive into that man known as Derek so that you guys can kind of uh, get you know get get to know him a little better, and also to kind of warm you guys up for next week to give you kind of a hint of uh, you know where the show is going to go. So there you go. But uh, we can't blow our loads prematurely. We have to take it slow and kind of warm up for the story of my buddy Derek. So with that being said, let's discuss a few things. Starting with, uh, I put this on social media this morning. It is uh, a call for. Another boycott or a cancel or whatever you want to call of a restaurant on the Danforth in Toronto. The name of the establishment in question is Lot 774. And the reason they're in a boatload of trouble is because of something they wrote in chalk on a sign outside of their establishment. Um, it was kind of their poor attempt at humor, I'm going to guess, and obviously to kind of lure people inside. So if you, you know, if you thought it was funny, you'd go in and have a pint sort of thing. I don't think it worked. Um, well, because of what they wrote, it literally had the opposite effect as exactly what happened. Uh, I'm going to tell you what they wrote, and ahem, don't shoot the messenger. So here we go. We like our beer like we like our violence domestic. So that was what they wrote on the billboard outside their place. Um, you know, at first glance, I know what they're trying to do. I see, I get it. They wanted people to read this and they wanted people to talk about it. And they're probably hoping it would go viral as a funny ha-ha. And it would get some people to come in post-COVID. Because, you know, keep in mind, all these businesses, they're 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 trying to get people in. They're trying to make some money back. They're They're dying, right? So they're literally trying anything to get people to come in. And, you know, just spend some dough and, and, you know, try and pay off the debt I'm sure they're in or, or, you know, whatever the case is. Unfortunately, this type of humor is way above off limits. It's pretty much right up there with taking the side of a sex offender or kicking a puppy into the highway, something along those lines. I mean, domestic abuse is just off limits. And it's just not funny unless it's a guy getting beat, by, beat up by his girlfriend. And that, that, that's kind of funny. But, uh, okay, just kidding. Not really. Anyways, um, so, I, yeah, like I said, I posted the picture of the billboard on social this morning. I think I put it on uh, Horrible Facebook. Um, I asked you guys to respond with a thumbs up or a thumbs down. So should you cancel them or should they get a second chance? Um, I posted that around 11 in the, in, the, uh, in the morning. And so far, nobody has uh, responded. So things are going well with the social, like I said. Uh, so what do we got? Um, yeah, so... Um, I just want you to guys give me your options if you want. Tell me yay or nay or whatever. I mean, I, I know where it's gonna go. I know it was a stupid mistake. Um, you know, I, I know I know mo everyone's gonna vote for cancel, but you know, do they deserve a second chance? Keep in mind that everyone's hurting for dough and everyone's everyone's not in their right mind. But anyways, that's that. So 
Other than that, how has your week been going, guys? Uh, you know, you never call or write anymore. What's going on? Uh, my week personally has been, uh, I don't know, let's say uneventful to say the least. I called the local pet store to make an appointment to get the upstairs bunny's nails trimmed. And while I was talking to the lady, she asked me for the bunny's name for the appointment. And I just kind of paused and uh, didn't know what to do because we just call him Upstairs Bunny or Mr. Bunny. We didn't really give him a name. I mean, uh, I thought about it. And like, so my wife got home that day and I said, hey, listen, you know, I made the bunny a, an appointment to get his nails done. and They wanted his name. And she's like, well, you know, Mr. Bunny. And I said, or Upstairs Bunny. And I said, well, we should probably give him a real name, right? I mean, you know, we should name this fucking rabbit. Now, keep in mind, he did actually have a name at the beginning when we got him. It was named by my youngest daughter who talked me into getting the upstairs bunny when, you know, when she actually wanted the money. And uh, she named him Juicy after her favorite rapper, Juice World, who passed away in 2020. But now that she doesn't give a shit about the rabbit and nobody calls him Juicy because it's a terrible name, we just called him different variations of bunny. So we didn't really have a name for him. Well, that changed on Tuesday night after the conversation with my wife when he was officially rebranded. And he was rebranded as Brady the Rabbit. Yes, Brady. I didn't suggest the name Brady. My wife did. But I have to admit, I loved it immediately. She also named our dog Kimbo because I used to like the MMA fighter Kimbo Slice. So she named him Kimbo. So she's really good with his naming things. And I didn't love Brady because it was a Tom Brady or, you know, I'm a Tom Brady fan. Quite the opposite, actually. Uh, for the longest time, I wished death upon Tom Brady and every single member of the New England Patriots for years, and so did Derek. Uh, and when Brady signed with Tampa Bay, my my you know that was my team, and I was really torn. Um, I hate Brady, and then he brought along Rob Gronkowski, who I also hated. I thought he was a moron, great football player, but you know just a complete dullard. And then that shit sack Antonio Brown, who was the cherry on the hate of ice cream Sundays for me, he showed up. But I swallowed my pride and I sucked it up and, I mean, look how it turned out pretty well, I would say. The Buccaneers not only made the playoffs for the first time since 2007, uh, they also became the first team in history of football, in the history of NFL football, to win the Super Bowl in their own stadium. So I guess it's only fitting that a bunny that I never really wanted, but now I kind of love, is named after a 43-year-old quarterback with seven Super Bowl rings, who I hated, and I never wanted to cheer for him or anything about him, but now is the leader of my Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So moving forward, I guess he has to be known as the Upstairs Brady. So uh, yeah, that's my bunny story. Uh, one last quick football, I just one quick ball thing uh, I wanted to jump in with. Um, it certainly appears as though Tim Tebow's football career is now officially over. He was mercifully cut from the Jacksonville Jaguars earlier this week after a failed experiment to move him from quarterback to tight end. Everyone most likely knows who Tim Tebow is, I would imagine. He was known as the Jesus in football cleats because of his you know, much publicized faith and claiming he was a virgin. And um, He was also known for being a terrible quarterback who couldn't throw. So when he was actually booted out of football in 2015, this guy just decided he was going to try and take the, uh, um, make the major leagues as a professional baseball player. You know, he used to play baseball in college before, or in high school and in the first, in a little bit in college before he got into football or whatever. 
So he gets booted out of football, and he decides that he's going to try and make the major leagues as a baseball player. Well, that failed. He, he, where he was in the uh, minor leagues for about four and a half years, and he got basically booted out of baseball in 2020. Well, he actually quit, but he was he was shit, so it doesn't matter. And then all of a sudden he said he was going to make another return to the NFL as an offensive pass-catching tight end, a position he had never played, he'd never blocked, he'd never caught a ball, but for some reason he was given a chance to make the Jacksonville Jaguars, but uh, that dream was pretty much hit by a truck on Tuesday when he was let go because, I mean, he fucking sucked. So it's a good thing he, he got cut because it wouldn't have been fair to anybody else, right? Um, I mean, there aren't many people in the world who can just literally decide, just wake up one day and just decide to become something totally different and then get a chance to be a professional at it. But he got his chance and, um, you know, he wanted his chance and he fought for his chance and he got his chance and he want, I don't know why he wanted the chance because it's not like he's broke. He's fucking pretty far from broke actually. He's got like over 20 million bucks in the bank. He's got a job as a, um, a sports commentator on ESPN waiting for him now that he's officially done with baseball and football. He does uh, public speaking engagements at churches all over North America. You know, not to mention he's got endorsements. I'm pretty sure Jesus Fish and all kinds of other weird things. But, and, you know, he, he's definitely got his his, uh, his financials covered. I mean, this guy literally just loves to compete and push himself. Uh, that's why I, he wanted to do it, I guess. And he generally loves God. And uh, he finally got married, so I'm going to have to assume he finally had intercourse. So that's good. Yay, Tim. But uh, he's got a pretty good life, so yeah, he got cut. But don't feel bad for Mr. Tebow. He's going to be just fine, all right? What else can we talk about? Uh, da, da, da. Oh, I'm uh, I'm very happy to report that I finished all five seasons of Lucifer. So I am now up to date, and I am eagerly waiting for season six to drop on Netflix in September. And I have to say that after finishing five seasons of this show, I may have grossly underestimated... How fucking stupid this show is. If you have any intention of watching this terrible fucking show, or or you do watch this terrible show and don't want spoilers, now is your time to fast forward for 30 seconds because I'm going to bitch about the ending of season 5 in 3, 2, 1. Alright, I warned you, so hope you're gone. If you're not, fuck off. So the devil comes down, or sorry, comes up to Los Angeles and becomes a cop. And at the end of season five, he becomes God. Ah, his, his dad, who actually turns out to be the black dude from the Geico car commercials with that really great voice. He comes down to earth to retire from being God. And the devil ends up winning a fight against the rest of his family, who are all angels and archangels. And is now the new god. I feel so fucking stupid for watching this show for five seasons. Uh, I looked into it. I've watched 83 episodes of this shit. That's almost 60 hours of Lucifer, which is pathetic. Because I don't even enjoy the show. I mean, I'm not even having a good time. I legitimately don't even like it, but I just keep watching it. And, uh, oh wait, oh, don't forget. Season 6 starts in September, so there's another 10 episodes, so... It's, I'm going to be well over 70 hours of watching this terrible show that I don't even like. I'll never get these hours back. Uh, I'll never have an excuse for why I watched it. And I'll never ever talk to anybody about it at a party or anything like that. Because nobody watches this show but me. I, but someone must watch it because it's gone for six seasons. So, 
I don't know. I don't know. It, but, you know, maybe it's not an, uh, a complete waste because, um, you know, I have no clue what I would have been doing if I wasn't banging my head off a wall while trying to watch this show and understand why it's on and why I'm watching it. But please, by all means, feel free to, you know, throw it on if you want. It's on Netflix, all five seasons. If you guys want to try and power through it and you'd like to disagree with me or uh, you watch it now and you disagree with what I'm saying, feel free to come at me on social media. I'm willing to, I, I have to hear what you have to say. But if you haven't watched it and you do start watching it, I don't think you'll disagree. The show just sucks. So there you go. Welcome back, people uh, who didn't want spoilers of Lucifer, <laughs> if that was you. Uh, let's trans transition to something else that sucks. Possibly just as much, if not more, than Lucifer. And that is every single Fast and the Furious movie ever made after Part 1. My God. Okay, I will admit, I own Part 1. I've watched Part 1. It was a good concept. It was decent for what it was. Absolutely zero thinking involved. No plot, really. It was just fucking, you know, testosterone-filled car show. It was entertaining. You know, I bought it at Walmart for five bucks. So, you know, it goes in the old DVD collection. But the rest of them, from two to nine, are, are such absolute garbage. I don't even think they have writers. I don't think they have scripts. I know that Vin Diesel, it, 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 he's, he's an awful actor, and he has a whole bunch of other horrible actors. And I'm pretty sure these guys just sit around and they're like, all right, we got to make another movie because we signed a 75 you know, deal picture with Fox or whoever puts these shit movies out. So they all sit around, and, you know, they're drinking beers, and they're playing the what-if game. And the what-if game is basically just saying, what if we have some crazy, awesome cars, and we, we, we drive them out of an airplane with parachutes, and, uh, you know, we're all in the driver's seats, and then somehow we, we our parachutes come out, and we land perfectly beside each other on the highway, and then we all drive away to crazy great music. Ah... Uh, yeah, wow, ludicrous! What a great idea, man! You should, you you know, you should write more of that shit. That actually happened, by the way, in part like six or seven. They actually threw these cars out of a fucking airplane and they parachuted down, and it was horrible, horrible. It was the, the reason I'm bitching about this show now is they literally just announced on today's Thursday, so it'd be Tuesday, uh, that Fast and the Furious Ten. They've made ten of these fucking movies. Um, is being released on April 7th, 2023. So 10 movies, and 9 of them were absolute garbage. And people want more. Let's bring out more fucking Fast and the Furious 706. I don't know, man. This is... I don't know. People have no brains anymore. I don't know. I mean, have you ever, ever... You know, people go to Christmas parties and all that shit, and, you know, uh, you know Halloween parties and just office parties and whatever, just get-togethers, barbecues, whatever... Have you ever in your life heard anyone say anything good about those movies? Have you ever been at one of these parties and someone said something along the lines of, "Oh man, uh, you know that that Fast and the Furious franchise, uh, you know that was the that that, that fucking kicks ass, man. I, I love that shit." No, no one ever has in the history of the world. Nobody. I tried to watch part nine. It had John Cena in it. I watched it just because John Cena was in it. And I had to turn it off. I didn't even make it through halfway through the movie. I couldn't even finish it. It was such a shit movie. And it blows my mind when I thought about it. Because going back and seeing what year the first one was made. And then comparing it to other movies. The first Avatar, which I saw in theaters in 3D, which was pretty cool. Came out in 2009. 
It's taken 13 years for them to make part two. But it, and they haven't even come out with it, but it is coming out apparently. Um, but in the time it took for them to make part two and apparently part three or whatever they're doing, they've made five Fast and the Furious movies. And after the next Ghostbusters movie comes out with, um, oh, what's that? Ant-Man, if I can forget his name. After that comes out, Paul Rudd. When that comes out, uh, they'll have made two Ghostbusters movies. And I can't even count how many Marvel movies they've made since the first uh, Fast and the Furious and Avatar. Like, it, it makes zero sense to me. Stop making these fucking movies. Vin Diesel is horrible. He can't even read. Please just stop. And if you're one of the very few people on Earth who loves these movies, and it's got to be very few of you, other than the execs at the studios who apparently to fucking, they jerk off to these movies, I don't know. I urge you to get professional help because you are officially a fucking idiot. I'm sorry to say it. It's just a sad reality. Uh, before we go any further, before we get to anything related to Derek, let's do the social media plugs and get those behind us. On Facebook, I am Jay Cowell, where, like I said, I posted something just today before the podcast dropped. On IG, I posted a reel the other day of uh, me and the Steam Whistle Brewery and da-da-da. So on IG, I'm at host.enviro.pod. Oh, by the way, on Facebook, I actually found the Steam Whistle glass that I had been hoarding in the house since, uh, God, 1997. So I found it, and I posted a picture of the Steam Whistle mug. On TikTok, where I made... That same uh, CN Tower slash um, uh, Steam Whistle Brewery TikTok the other day, and it has zero views. So I am doing something right. But if you'd like to be the first person to view that on TikTok, you can find it at the Hostile Environment Pod. On Twitter, I have 243 followers now. I am uh, a, a genius uh, at social media. I am at podcast underscore hostile. My email address, you guys all know it, and that's how we mostly communicate. But unfortunately, no one knows we communicate because nobody can see it other than me and you. Anyways, keep emailing me, I guess. If you don't want to contact me on social media, I am j.hostile.environment at gmail.com. And on Patreon, where absolutely nobody has given me one red cent, not a coffee, not a beer, not even enough to buy new shoelaces, I am the Hostile Environment Podcast. But I gotta admit, the Patreon thing is my fault because I'm supposed to be doing all these things on Patreon to get you guys to go onto the page to donate, but or you know, buy me a beer, whatever it's called. But I haven't done fuck all with it. Um, I'm gonna start though. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna after 50th episode, I'm gonna kick some more shit into high gear, I think, and I'm gonna try some new shit out, and I'm gonna try to expand my audience. So get ready for that. I'm not gonna tell you what episode because I don't know. Uh, let's get to the moment you all were waiting for. Let's get to the story of my buddy, Derek. Um, I know you guys all know his last name for those of you, uh, for those of you who do know him. I don't want to say his last name because, you know, the world, the world is so. Plus I, it might be a violation of his privacy. I don't know how it goes because he doesn't even know I'm doing this. I'm actually going to tell him after the episode is posted so he can't stop me. And then, uh, we can talk about it on air when he comes in next week. So I'm going to start you off with how we met because, it's actually a story all for it, all by itself. It's not just like we met at the library or a basketball game or something like that. It's actually you know a decent little story. And then I will gently guide you throughout our years of friendship, like dropping an old man into a warm bath. Uh, I'm not going to go very far with it because we're already 19 minutes in. Um, so I'm going to and you know every other story that I have with Derek is another episode. So I'm not going to piss that all away. Anyways, um, with that being said, let's go. Uh, I met Derek during my second attempt at high school. 
I actually started out at a high school in Scarborough. That didn't exactly work out, and I was asked not very politely to leave and never return, which I did. But that's a story for another day. Uh, we will get to my first attempt at high school, and then uh, you know, uh, integrating into my second. Uh, after leaving the school, uh, that Scarborough school, I enrolled at East York Collegiate, where you know I, I, I very quickly made friends. I ended up meeting Jeff, Jimmy P, Jimmy C, and a bunch of other Genos who were wearing manager jeans and just way too much cologne. East York was where I was literally introduced to the Greek culture because 75% of the school was Greek. Uh, the other 25% was like a mashup of every race, creed. You know, there was obviously a small Asian, you know, small, uh, small black, small uh, brown. You know, there was kind of like packs of, li of little packs of different cultures, but 75% were Greeks. And um, yeah, that's that's uh, the, the other category. The 25% is basically where Derek falls into. It was so. It was 1996. I was in grade 10. I was dating a girl named Tracy at the time. She was kind of like my high school sweetheart, I guess you could say. We dated on and off through high school uh, until her father actually admitted that he was moving them away to get away from me, so they moved to Hamilton. So that's another uh, feather in my cap. Uh, again, another story for another day, I suppose. Anyways, uh, after school, one night when I was dating Tracy, um, I was at home. Um, we were talking on the phone, you know, nine, eight, nine at night or whatever. I was on one of those old school landline phones with like a 20 foot cord because we only had one phone in my house. It was uh, right beside where my mom sat in the living room to watch TV. So whenever I was on the phone, I would have to stretch the cord out as far as it could go you know, pretty much down the hallway towards my bedroom and the bathroom so that my mom couldn't eavesdrop on our conversations. So on this particular evening, I was talking to Tracy. Uh, we got into some huge, you know, goofy argument, some high school drama fucking goofy argument, you know, trash about, you know, whatever it was, who cares. But me being the mature boyfriend that I was, I didn't want to hear any of the shit from her, so I just hung up on her. And then like 30 seconds later, she called back, and then she called back after that. I just kept hanging up, and you know, just basically lifting the hanger up and just hanging it down again every single time, right? Until my mom just said, okay, enough. She's calling too much. Tell her to stop calling. I, I don't want to be disturbed, and you know, that kind of thing. So the next time she called, I picked it up, and I just said, hey, stop calling. My mom's getting pissed, so fuck off. And I hung up again. And apparently that, that, that did the trick because she never called back. And the phone was silent for, you know, a couple of hours, right? So I'm sitting there watching TV with my mom and the phone rings again. I look over the call display. It wasn't Tracy. I totally thought it was going to be. It wasn't Tracy. It was a uh, blocked caller. Because remember back in those days, you could do star six nine and you could block your caller. Or was it star six seven? One of them. One of them was star six something. I'm going to star six seven. So of course it was a blocked caller and they were calling my house. So I got answers, you know, curiosity, right? Anyways, I pick it up, and it was a dude who was trying to pull off this just absolute terrible Latino gangster accent. Um, kind of like um, the dudes from Cypress Hill. So I, I pick it up, I say hello, and he goes, Oldle Vato, is this Jay? I said, yeah. And he goes, uh, you know, we don't like the way you've been dogging Tracy, so we're going to fuck you up, Holmes. Then another guy pops on with like an even worse accent and goes, Yeah, boy, you're going to get fucked up by us tomorrow at school. Bap, bap, bap. 
So me being me, I said, oh, yeah, you know, who is this? So, uh, you know, I, I know to look for tomorrow if I'm going to get killed at school tomorrow. And one of them just goes, don't worry, I say, we'll find you and you won't like what happens when we do. You're going to fucking die, puta. And they hang up. So I'm sitting there in silence and I'm staring at the TV and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty fucking beyond angry and I'm ready to go. I'm about as mad as a 17-year-old kid can be, I guess. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I don't know what to do. So I called a few buddies and I tell them, you know, what, what just happened and that shit's going to apparently go down tomorrow at school and I'm going to fucking hurt somebody. So the next day went, uh, I came to school. I never saw Tracy. Uh, we never talked, nothing. The whole day goes by. The Spanish cartel gang did not roll up on me in school. It was just a regular boring-ass school day. And I go home, and I was like, all right, whatever. Kind of forgot about it. I was like, yeah, whatever. It's just one night, whatever. Then, sure enough, later on that night, you know, sure enough, the the the, um, the blocked number comes through again. And uh, now I'm ready for them, because I'm positive I know who it is, obviously. So I pick it up, and it was, it was more death threats from the same shitty Latino accents. And, you know, one of, them guy, one of the guys goes, you know, Tracy wants us to fuck you up, Holmes. So... Like, right there, I finally clued in. You know, I wasn't the smartest kid after all, but I kind of figured it out. So when the, the Spanish-Latino gang hung up on me or whatever, um, I called Tracy, and I said, Hey, listen, uh, I'm getting some calls from some Scarface guys, and, uh, you know, I've got a shit ton of anger in my voice, so she knows I'm ready to pop off. And I got, it took a while, but she finally confessed. You know, she said she was behind the calls. She had made friends with this guy named Derek from her class. And uh, when I hung up on her a few nights ago, she was pretty pissed off. So she called him and asked him to call me and and basically just fuck with me, right, uh, to piss me off. She said she didn't know Derek was going to include uh, anyone else on the call. She said she didn't know they were going to threaten to kill me at school. But she knew Derek was going to do something. But now I had a name, right? I'm like, oh, Derek. Okay. So I had something to work with, right? So I hung up on Tracy and I made some calls, um, you know, pretty much just asking anyone I knew, I was like, hey, you know, do you guys know this guy named Derek from grade nine? He's in Tracy, one of Tracy's classes, but I don't know which one. And they were like, well, what does he look like? I'm like, I have no idea. I just know his name's Derek. I just know his, he, he's in grade nine. I know he hangs out with Tracy. It's all I know. So all of my recon, my recon literally turned up zero, turned up nothing. Nobody knew who this fucking guy was or if he really even existed, right? So I get to school the next morning and I'm immediately on the hunt. So uh, I, 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 it's all that's in my mind. But I knew I couldn't do it alone, so I talked to a bunch of guys, and I basically sent some soldiers out to find him, right? Obviously, I'm hoping to find him first, but, you know, if they found him first, then right on. So, I, I, Tracy goes to class, and I did, she didn't know it, but I followed behind her, and when she walked in, I walked in right behind her. And I'm in the middle of the classroom, and I'm like, any of you guys named Derek? Any, any Derek's here? No one puts up their hand. I'm like, yeah, come on, you know, if there's Derek here, just put up your hand, man. I just want to talk to you. What's up? No answers, no hands, no nothing. So I just start randomly pointing at people, and I'm asking, hey, listen, fuck, fuck, do you, do you know Derek? Who's Derek? No, nobody. Hey, you, woman, girl, do you know Derek? Anyone know Derek, grade nine? No, no, no one knew who Derek was, right? So I walk out of the classroom, walk down the hall. I think I'm actually going to go to my class. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a short brown-haired girl bolts out of the classroom that I was just in named Kelly, uh, and she piped up that she knew Derek. Um, uh, I... Um, she gave me his description finally because Tracy wouldn't give it to me. 
She said he was roughly uh, five foot eight to five foot ten, something like that. He was skinny. He was bald. He wears Adidas pants, and he listens to jungle music all day at school. He's got headphones on all the time. Um, so I went back outside and I rounded up my soldiers that were out there and I gave them the description and I sent them right back into the school. I said, find this fucking guy before lunch. So I'm just about to walk into my second period class when this dude, Cleon, who I used to hang out with, he comes running up to me and he says, Hey, George has Derek and he's pinned down, um, in the hallway below us. So I took off like a shot and I'm ready to just pound Derek into the fucking concrete. Right. Um, so when I turn, I run, I run down the stairs and when I turn the corner, sure enough, uh, George has Derek pinned up against the lockers and he's slamming Derek off the lockers and he's yelling at him while Derek's basically pleading for George to let him go. This guy, George, by the way, who had Derek, he was a bit of a jerk off. You know, he, overall, he was a nice dude. He was actually the guy who introduced me to Muay, Muay Thai kickboxing, which I took for six months. Um, he used to let us grab random objects while we were out, like, out there smoking. He never smoked, but he hung out with us. He would let us grab, like, anything, random objects, you know, bushes, uh, fucking sticks, boards, anything, and we could smash it over his shins, right? That was kind of a game we used to play. So he'd close his eyes and let us smash his shins. And then one day, I remember I fucking got a, a glass Pepsi bottle, and I didn't think it would break, and it actually did on his shins, so he closed his eyes, and he was about to take the pain, and I smashed the bottle, and it split his fucking shin open, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he chased me for a while, uh, he was slow, so good thing I was fucking, I, I couldn't beat him in a race now, but I probably, I did back then, but it's a good thing he, I got away, because this dude was fucking pissed, and he was threatening to kill me, and anyways, I got away, and George forgave me. Uh, he was also dating a girl who happened to be a twin. Uh, you know, don't be jealous though, because uh, uh, his girlfriend had a horse face, and obviously so did the sister. Uh, anyways, George, um, uh, Greek George, had Derek subdued uh, against the lockers, and I walk up and I go, "Hey, man, what the fuck's going on, Derek? I've been looking for you." And Derek immediately, immediately sells Tracy out and throws her under the bus. He starts apologizing and he keeps saying, you know, it was all a joke and it was just to piss me off. And you know what? The funny thing was the way he said it, I maybe it was the way he said it or, or just the whole situation. I don't know, man. It was weird. But somehow I just kind of believed him. Uh, I believed everything he had to say. I, I And my anger, I could feel my anger dissipating. And I actually just wasn't mad anymore. So I asked George, I was like, hey, man, can, can you just let him go, dude? Just let him go. So George puts him down. Not even tekens, 10 seconds later, Derek uh, turns around to me. You know, he's fixing his clothes and whatever else. And he's like, hey, do you want to go for smoke? Fuck it. Sure. Why not? So we go outside. And uh, he filled me in on the entire situation. And, you know, how we were goofing around and talking about his accent. And, you know, I was saying how shit it was. And da, da, da. You know, we're basically just out there shooting the shit, right? And it turns out Derek had actually heard that a small army was out there hunting for him through the whole school on my order. So he went to his older brother, Dan, who was a year older than me, so he was in grade 11, and he asked Dan for, for backup or protection or whatever you want to call it. So Dan and a couple of his guys were walking around the school, and while I was hunting Derek, Derek's brother, Dan, was actually hunting for me. I just, well, George, I guess, or I just happened to find Derek first. So while we're outside talking, we're shooting the shit, and everything's good, Trace, the door opens and Tracy's coming out, 
and uh, she, as she's walking up to us, she's got this gigantic smile on her face. I guess she thinks the whole thing was funny. And as she's walking up to us, Derek goes, "I don't know why the hell you're smiling. You almost got me. My, you know, you almost got me killed. You almost got my ass kicked." Anyways, we all laughed about it. And later on that day, I said to Derek, uh, "Hey man, just one last question, dude. I never asked you about. It was about the phone call. I said, who was the other guy in the phone with you, by the way?" So Derek looked at me and he goes, "Oh, the other guy. Well, you know, that was my buddy Tone." He doesn't go to the school. You'll have to come meet him someday. He's a crazy fucker. Well, I guess you guys all know that we have Thursday Tone Tales, and he's been in every other story that's really been of consequence for, like, massive crazy shit, including yesterday's or Monday's episode of uh, getting banned from the Sky Dome and the Steam Whistle Brewery and, and the Skywalk. So you guys all know that, yes, indeed, I did meet Tone, and he was even crazier than Derek tried to tell me. Uh, Derek also brought with him, other than Tone, other people that didn't go to my school. He brought Bird, and, uh, well, Dave did go to my school, but no one, you know, it exists, no one knew he existed, so Dave also. I've actually talked about Bird in the past a couple times, you know, the shoe train episode, that was all Bird. I've told you guys what kind of guy Bird was. He's literally just an untrustworthy, spineless, jello cocksucker. thing about Bird is, he didn't really have a mean bone in his body, he just... He had no balls, and he was just a fucking coward. So that was Bird. Uh, I remember actually one time, uh, one of the better things I ever did with Bird was uh, we were barbecuing at his house. It was me and Bird barbecuing at his house, and I was actually doing the barbecue because I was starving. So I'm barbecuing, and uh, he says, hey, do you mind throwing these burgers on for my mom and my dad and my grandmother and my sisters or whatever? I'm like, yeah, fuck, whatever. The barbecue's already on. No problem. So we're barbecuing, and me and Bird are doing some afternoon day drinking. And then we thought it was funny to actually pour straight vodka and this new cooler called Rev that had just come out. We decided to pour these directly onto the burgers for, you know, we cooked for about 20 minutes. So we're pouring booze on these burgers the whole time. And Bird's 80-year-old grandmother ended up eating one of the burgers. And as she was trying to get out of this um, this lawn chair that we had outside, that she had outside, she couldn't even stand up. I guess she got it caught a little buzz off the burgers, and she fell over her lawn chair and onto the ground. So it sounds it sounds horrible. It was actually pretty fucking funny to know that, it, you know, it's something out of a movie, right? It's exactly what happened. So, you know, she was fine. Nana was fine. Nana was fine. Everyone helped her up, and she took a little tumble. No big deal. You know, she had a little buzz on at 80. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, anyways, we, we called these uh, Rev Burgers because that cooler, by the way, when it first came out, it was fucking dangerous. Uh, when those things were like ice cold on a, on a stupid hot day, like it is today on Thursday, by the way, it's hot as fuck out, humid as fuck too. But you can easily smash uh, a four pack of those Rev coolers in 15 minutes and you'll catch a nice little buzz. So for those of you who might be interested in trying Rev, they are $9.99 for a pack of four at your local Looker Control Board of Ontario. They're actually still being sold actually, so... Maybe I'll go fucking pick one up today because I haven't had one in years. So maybe it's time to take a day trip to the liquor store and grab myself a four-pack since they're only ten bucks. You know, for show research purposes only. You know, get some revs in me. Anyways, um, Dave was a pretty cool guy. Uh, he was very quiet. Um, once we got to know him, he actually came out of his shell quite a bit and actually showed that he had a personality. He was actually a lot of fun for a long time. Uh, and then he just went off the rails emotionally. And I mean, way off the rails. And I just had to cut him off. He actually, uh, he came over to my house one day in the afternoon and had a complete, like, 
crying breakdown over a girl. And my young, my oldest daughter, who's 22 now, she was about 12 or 13 when she was, she was actually in the room while Dave had this crying breakdown talking about girls and love and all this stuff. And it was just, I was like, all right, we're done here. Like, I've had enough. I'm like, I, I don't need this shit in my life. Like fucking, you know, you're, you're, you're 18 years old or 17 years old. You don't need to be crying over a girl like this. Like, give me a fucking break. So I cut Dave off. I haven't seen him since. Um, so anyways, um, so there, me and Derek are getting along famously that day. You know, we see each other for a couple days after that, here and there, have a smoke together, just chat or whatever. And then I know where Derek invited me over his house. Uh, he says, hey, you know, um, you want to come over at lunch or after lunch or whatever, and we'll hang out for a bit. I'm like, yeah, sure, what the fuck? You know, it's on my way home anyway. So uh, get a, we walk into his house, we go up to his bedroom, and he opens his door, and his walls and his ceiling and everything was literally littered with rave flyers and DJ uh, stuff and equipment and cords and, um, you know, jungle records and cassette tapes and all this shit. It was, it was like a fucking, it was, it was like a, what do you call it? A collage of rave stuff and jungle and house stuff, all his whole room, right? You could barely see anything else. He also had a nice little DJ set up with two turntables and some pretty kick-ass speakers. So I'm sitting on his bed and he asked me if I like jungle music. And I said, dude, you know, uh, you know, to be completely honest with you, man, I have no idea what jungle music is. I mean, I barely even knew what house music was. It just wasn't my thing back then. Uh, so that was basically his opportunity. And as soon as I said that, he throws his headphones on, hits the switch, clicks his equipment on, and now he starts mixing and he's spinning. And I got to admit, man, I mean, it was pretty impressive. Um, I didn't know shit about DJing. I still don't. Uh, so he might have been a great DJ or a decent DJ, or he could have been complete horseshit. I don't know. But I was enjoying myself either way. I was having an afternoon beer in Derek's bedroom. We're listening to jungle music. It was my first time ever hearing this. Derek was spinning like a madman trying to impress me. And he did the job, man. He, he really impressed me. So um, we started talking about sports after that. And then when we realized we were literally both obsessed with the NFL it was just like stepbrothers. Did we just come become best friends? Yep. We literally did. So this is, uh, what year is this? 2021. And I've known Derek for over 25 years. I was the best man at his wedding. He was standing beside me at my wedding, uh, to, uh, my wife 16 years ago. Um, I cried when Derek was attacked and he was stabbed at a subway station, which is a story I could tell. It's not a very long story, but it's a story nonetheless. He has had my back in every single way possible. Um, he was beside me at the hospital when I drank the hot sauce. He's the unofficial godfather of my youngest daughter. And truthfully, I couldn't even imagine my life without this dude, man. He is truly one of the best people I've ever met. I value his friendship more than I can even express to you guys. The guy is just fucking aces, man. And if you know him or have ever known him, you'll know what Derek you either love him or you fucking hate him. But if you love him, you know why you love him, man. The guy, he's just a super cool dude. And, uh, yeah, I love him, man. Uh, we text each other, I want to say, at no less than five times a day, every day, about just random nothingness. Um, and if I don't get one of his morning text messages, which usually I get by, like, 9.30, 10 o'clock latest, about something random, like... It's Theo from the Cosby Show's birthday today. Uh, I, I kind of worry because I'm like, oh, why haven't I heard from Derek yet? You know, and he does a ton of driving for his work because, you know, he's an entrepreneur. He's got his own business. 
So he does a lot of driving on the highways and, and you know, driving around every day for fucking hours a day. You know, the, the world's a messed up place. There's a lot of shitty drivers out there. So, I, you know, I worry about him sometimes. You know, shit happens. So I will let Derek introduce himself next week. If you guys have any questions for me to ask Derek or you have questions for Derek himself, then please get them to me ASAP. Or if you just want to say hi because you haven't seen or heard from him in a long time, whatever it is, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to say, I will relay it to him on next week's episode. And I guarantee you will enjoy this episode because when the two of us get together and we're drinking and we have no filters and we're just shooting the shit, hilarity is uh, sure to ensue. It's going to happen. It's going to be funny. You guys are going to enjoy the show, and I'm going to enjoy doing it. I think Derek is too. Um, I'm trying to record on Monday night or Tuesday afternoon, so I'm aiming to have the episode out by Wednesday or Thursday at the latest if we can actually hook up. Um, you know, It's kind of on his schedule because he doesn't exactly know how some of his work days are going to go. They could go long. They could go short. Uh, and, and, you know, also I have shit to do too, but it's mostly on him. So you were getting the episode no matter what, I promise. But with that being said, it is time to go for today. I looked at the weather for the weekend. It is going to be 28 and 27 degrees with a 50% chance of showers, but it doesn't say when or how much or whatever, but it's going to continue to be as humid as fuck. So what have we learned in 49 episodes? How do we prevent dehydration and an overall feeling of bliss? Well, gain a feeling of bliss, not prevent that, because nobody wants to prevent a feeling of bliss, right? Am I right? That's right. We go to the liquor or the beer store, and we stay hydrated with delicious alcohol. So until next week, until the 50th edition of the Hostile Environment Podcast with my very special guest, Derek. I will now say those three magic words to you that you probably now say to your spouse because of me and my show. Bye for now.